out of John chapter 4, where we were at, where I was at last week with the youth, um, after the woman at the well, after that story, what happens next. And um, so I, I always, when, when you read the story of the woman at the well, the, the question is usually brought up in studying the story. The question is usually brought up, why did Jesus go there? Why did he go to the woman at the well? And, and so we went into that pretty extensively you know, in youth in the last few weeks, uh, why Jesus went there. But I think after, I, after that portion of the scripture is over and it says Jesus left there, um, where he goes next, I, I feel like we should ask the same question. Why is he going there then? Well, it's no different than the last passage. So I asked myself that question. So um, as we read this, John chapter 4, 43 through 45, it says, Now after the two days he departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also had gone to the feast. Um, Galilee we know is the northern region of the Palestine area broken up into three segments and if you remember back in, in the youth we talked about this quite a bit uh, but the history there is the Israel was at one time one nation and it was split into two kingdoms and that was about a thousand years before this and it was the northern kingdom that had the most change involved over time. They're the ones who were displaced by the Assyrians, driven out and then replaced by Assyrians, and then they intermarried and repopulated. And then this happened several more times over time. So over a thousand years, about a thousand years of time, what happened uh, is that this region is now a large variety of peoples and cultures and ideas and beliefs and languages. And so, as I read that, I think, what do you call a place where all walks of life flood to, creating a sort of a melting pot of ideas and beliefs and cultures? Some would call that the United States. So, that's kind of the way I see that as I read this and, and why Jesus went to Galilee. And so, we know that that's where he was headed, from Jerusalem. He just went through Samaria to meet the woman at the well because he had business to do there in saving a group of Samaritans. All right, when he's on his way to Galilee, and that's where he is now. Um, and so as I think about that, I think about, well... What we call what, what is the significance of this place? Well, what God called it, what I see that God called it, was the perfect place for Jesus' ministry. Is what it was. Um, the, the way that I see this is, this piece of scripture is just a tiny little piece out that that kind of represents or shows a little bit about the larger picture of Jesus' ministry. He spent most of his ministry in Galilee, most of his life in Galilee, in that region. Um, 
And it's interesting to me when I think about that because the area that Galilee was, um, this, this area that has become all different peoples of all over the world coming through here because there are some large cities there and there are major roads and trade routes and people of all walks of life are there now at this point. And that's where Jesus goes. And it is interesting to me when I think about that, how God uses things that happen throughout time for his purpose. And in the book of Job, um, it says... Job 42.2 Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Or some versions say no, no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Um, it is always interesting to me to see how God takes what has happened and uses it for what his purpose was originally anyway. And yes, I know that God knew how that was going to play out, but we don't always. And so it's interesting to me to think about what is going on now that will have the same outcome as this did back then. What's going on in our lives now uh, that someday somebody will look back and say, oh, well, God made that work out for this purpose because this, because that was his purpose, for this reason, because that was his purpose. Um, it shouldn't be too hard for us to picture this area during this time. It's much like our country. Now, I know that we live where we live, a little bit different than all the rest of the country. It's not all the same. But we live, I know, in the Bible Belt. We live in a rural area where there are mostly pretty conservative ideas. Now, I'm not talking about politics, but mostly pretty conservative mindsets where we live. But we don't have to go very far from here to see a much more liberal view of the world than what we see typically here. And, in fact, we, I, I see, even in our small rural areas like, like our town and our area, uh, I see it becoming more and more open to different um, ideas, beliefs, ways of doing things that come in from the rest of the world. I see more and more and more of that. Oftentimes, these things make us shake our head in disgust, uh, say things like our young people are being corrupted or it's just a snowball effect. It's only going to just keep getting worse from here. We kind of can become negative sometimes in that regard. And so my question then would be, what are we going to do about that if that's the way we view that? And the best answer to that question is always, what did Jesus do about it while he was here? Well, he spent uh, the majority of his life and his ministry in that very area that we're talking about, in Galilee, where all of these, you have this melting pot of cultures and ideas and beliefs. Why did he do that? Why was that, his, why was that area his focus? Well, what I see here is what faster way is there to spread the gospel than that kind of place? Um, 
Jesus went to an area where people were very liberal-minded, very open-minded, because they had all these thoughts coming in. People were hungry for new thoughts and ideas, and they were seeing all kinds of different, an influx of different things coming into that area from all over the place. And so these people, basically, these people were impressionable. They were impressionable, and they were coming from all over. And so those who believe would take that message and take it back to where they came from, or they would take it to wherever they were going next. And so you have this opportunity here to share the gospel, and Jesus used that opportunity to, to expedite the gospel to all areas by, by sharing it and witnessing in this one small area because so many different people were going to go so many different directions from there. And so I, I see that in our world today. Um, how can we expedite the gospel? How can we share it in a way that's going to go where it's going to take off? Well, in today's world, much differently than, than back then, the technology we have allows that to happen very easily. Um, and so what, what is God telling us here in this? What I see is he, he is saying, if you're looking at the broader picture, he's saying evangelize, witness. Go to the places and people that need to hear the gospel and also can expedite the gospel, make it speed up to wherever it needs to go, uh, further than just where you can take it yourself. Acts uh, chapter 1 Verses 7 and 8. Jesus says to, to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so what... That is what I see here. Uh, Jesus is giving the example of what we are to do right here uh, by going and spending the majority of his, of his time in Galilee uh, with all different kinds of people who speak all different kinds of languages and have all different kinds of thoughts and belief systems. If you look around the world today, you see some pretty crazy way out there beliefs and ideas. It amazes me what some people convince themselves to believe in and the, the different ideas that people come up with. Also, in this same passage, if we go back to, back to where we was in John chapter 4, at the same time, John, uh, Jesus gets a chance to teach his disciples in this, in this moment of as he is making his way into Galilee. And, and we see the, the passage there that says, that a prophet, Jesus testifies that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And so, are you going to face opposition in this world when you try to witness and share the gospel? Sure, you are going to. Uh, he used that opportunity that was there to prepare the disciples and us for the opposition and persecution that they were going to face also. He what he did there, what he was talking about was Nazareth. He steered clear of Nazareth because he knew 
already. That was his hometown, and he already knew that they were rejecting him there. Um, everything about him. Now, we, in thinking about sharing the gospel, we should be careful here because we are not Jesus. We should not ever pretend to know that we already know if a person is going to accept our witness or reject our witness of the gospel. We should never take that for granted or, or, or think that we already know because of their exterior, uh, what, what we see on the exterior. We don't know the condition of a person's heart and we don't know what it is that they need to hear at that time. So, all we can do is share what we know. And he, he goes from here. There's a clear contrast in these verses, 44 and 45. Uh, if Jesus is teaching them that lesson that there is going to be opposition, he is not going to go where they will give him no honor. Then apparently he is going to go where they will. And so it, it just simply says that he came to Galilee in verse 45 and the Galileans received him. Since we don't know who will give opposition uh, or who will receive and give honor to Jesus, we should just take the gospel everywhere. And I think that is the picture that we need to see here. Here's where I see a, a definite connection between the region of Galilee and the nation that we live in currently. What better place to spread the gospel? A place where we have so many different peoples, cultures, ideas, and beliefs flooding in to our country. And at the same time, we have the, the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech to share with anyone and everyone the message that Jesus has sent for us to share. And we must ask ourselves then, are we doing as much as we can to reach the people with the gospel, to further God's kingdom? Are we willing to go to a person or group of people that we don't necessarily agree with? Are you willing, am I willing uh, to put ourselves in vulnerable positions with the chance of being persecuted or made fun of or rejected all for the sake of the gospel? And I believe that that is what we need to see from looking at Jesus' ministry. And, and I, you could take that in terms of um, an individual or a community or a nation. If a person is going to accept or, or reject the gospel, then that is something that happens within them, not something that happens from the outside. If a church is going to stay together or is going to split, that is going to be something that happens from within the church, not something that happens from with the outside. From the outside. Um, if a nation is going to fall or remain strong, that is going to be something that happens from within. Um, not not because they were overtaken. When I when I look at our nation, I, that's what I see. We're not 
our nation is not going to fall because uh, some other nation, greater nation overtakes us or because of terrorists or because of um, outside things. What I see from this is if our nation were to fall, it would be, it would be because of us. It would be because us as Christians received the gift that God has given and then kept it to ourselves. And I think that that is something that could very easily and very probable could tear down a nation or um, a community or a church or an individual. And so I see this message as being widespread. Take it individually or take it as, um, as a community as a whole or even as a country. What Jesus is telling us to do and giving us example to do is go and witness and share the gospel everywhere that we can because we don't know the hearts of people. We don't know who will accept and who will reject. And so it is our duty to go and share. And I think if we don't do that, if we don't follow through with that, then it is very likely that that our community would come apart, that our church would fall apart, that our country would come apart. I think that is very likely. I've heard Brother John say many times that um, if a church is not growing, it's dying. Um, and that's true. And the reason that a church doesn't grow is because its members don't go out and share and draw others in. Um, and if that happens, then the church begins to die. And, and that's true for every church everywhere in the world. And so I see that as our duty. I see that as, as Jesus telling us that very explicitly many, many, many times. But here in just this short little passage, I see it being shown without Jesus actually saying anything. I see it that picture being shown that um, sometimes we need to go into the places where, and the, to the people that we are not necessarily the same as, that we don't necessarily agree with, that, is, that are different than us, uh, to share the message because what will they do with it? They will take it then to somewhere else. They will take it back to somewhere or to somewhere new that maybe we will never see, a place that we'll never, never be at in our life. So as we close... Um, that is my prayer um, that we would be willing to put ourselves in those positions and and the other thing that I see here um, when he talks about a prophet having no honor in their country I, I see that also on a personal level sometimes we'll find it is hardest to share the gospel and talk about Jesus with maybe not in our country, but maybe in our own household or 
in our community where people have known us for all of our life, where we are closest to with the people that we're closest to. Sometimes that's the hardest place. And so because, because we don't know what effect it's going to have, because we cannot pretend to know how somebody is going to receive that message, then, then we have to share. It is our duty to share if, if we want our church to grow, our community to grow and be strong, then it's our duty to share. And so that is my prayer tonight as we close, is that we will be willing uh, to take the gospel everywhere that we go and that we'll be willing to share where it is hardest for us personally because for each of us, that's different. That's a different place. Uh, But it is important to see that the strength that God provides will allow us to do so. You're definitely right. Um, and, and it's not the first time this kind of thing's happened where people have come in for a reason like this. But that's definitely true and is going to happen right now. It's going to happen soon. You know, you know, it's already starting to happen, but it's going to happen sooner or later. That's right. That's right. Like, you know, some one country can't take that many people at one time. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and we know, and we never know with those that come here and are witness to and are saved might one day go back to their country. Right. That's right. That's right. So we, that's right. We need to be ready to plant the seed because we never know what will happen from that. Um, and And because of something that that we do or say for somebody that may turn into something much larger that we never even hear back from, we never even know about, we don't know what will happen there. We were reading in our Sunday school, uh, the booklet that we were using for Sunday school a couple weeks ago, and it was talking about, and I can't recall the names now, but the first name in the book, I'd never heard it before. Um, he was a Sunday school teacher, and, but, he, but he had as a student, as a teenager, D.L. Moody. And so uh, he had gone to, to uh, talk to him at the shoe store where, where he worked. And um, D.L. Moody gave his life to Christ and then went on to, to preach for years, you know. And then 
because of that, it went down the list, and it eventually, uh, around 100 years or so later, it made its way to Billy Graham because of uh, the, the person who sat and listened to D.L. Moody and went and became a preacher, and then that person went and became an evangelist, and then down the chain, it came to the person that Billy Graham listened to speak. And so it was amazing just to see that, that line of people um, all because somebody 150 years ago went and talked to a teenage boy. So, yes, definitely um, that is the picture that I see here and that, that we need to be ready uh, and that we need to share the gospel wherever that might be. Um, and, and he makes the point here that sometimes that's hardest in your, own, in your own town. But, like I said, we're not Jesus. We can't pretend to know. He knew. Jesus knew. He knew the hearts of men, and we don't. And so uh, there is a difference there. But other than that difference, I see this being a picture of what he is telling us to do. And so as we close, that, that is my prayer for us, that we will be willing to accept that call from him. Anybody else have anything before we go? He's speaking of himself there too, yeah. pretty committed yeah how, how it had to say yeah right <laughs> maybe different right from his perspective but yeah that's definitely right um, okay if you would pray with me as we close dear heavenly father I just pray that you would place it on each and every heart here to be willing to answer whatever calling you give us at whatever age we are to go and do whatever it is that that you want for each one of us to do specifically. There are people out there who need to hear your word, who need to meet Jesus, and each one of us has a responsibility to help meet those needs, to go wherever you send us, whether that's around the world or just down the street, to go wherever you send us and, and share your word with people so that they have the chance to have what we have so that they have the chance to to experience salvation 
repent and, and receive the gift that you freely give us. And we just ask that you would give us that strength as we leave here until we can meet again and worship together and pray together and learn together again. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.